What's the soup with DJ Soups? This is DJ Soups, and you are listening to What's the Soup with DJ Soups on BFF.FM. I am really excited today for this episode because I have an amazing guest here with me, DJ Lucky Rabbit. Hello, how are you? Good. I'm so glad you took the time to come talk to me today. I was looking forward to this. I was really excited for this, so thanks for having me out. Yeah, no problem. I actually, it's crazy how I found you I found you on Instagram I actually think you started following me on Instagram (laughs) and then I was like oh wow like this girl's pretty cool like (laughs) I'm gonna give her a follow like I'm down like (laughs) and then I noticed I saw that you were DJ and then you actually like you have like big gigs and stuff and I was like damn she's killing it out there so I'm I'm glad to have like a female presence like a female (laughs) DJ in the studio with me it's nice (laughs) thank you I appreciate it I um yeah, I reach out to a lot of people just kind of randomly. I've had like random connections online. And that's the great thing about the internet is, you know, you could just meet these people that you wouldn't otherwise meet in real life. So it's cool. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, yeah, I, I found like so many DJs like in the Bay Area too through that way, just from hashtags. And like, I used to use a lot of like San Francisco music hashtags. And then people will follow me. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're a DJ too. Like, let's connect. So it's cool. It's, it's cool how Instagram does that. Yeah, it's um I think it's a little bit easier to connect on Instagram versus Facebook. Oh yeah, for sure. And for sure. I mean it's funny cuz you know Facebook owns Instagram, but just the algorithm's completely different on Instagram. Yeah, it's a completely different platform. So uh you're Bay Area local, right? Yep, I I'm from Vallejo. Oh nice. Born and raised? Um I was actually born in San Diego, but primarily raised in the Bay Area. I've lived all over. I've lived in Hayward, Castro Valley, Concord. So Dang, all over the Bay. Yeah. Yeah, um, I went to San Diego like once. It was really nice. That was a while ago, though. <laughs> it's been a while for me, too. I went and visited a couple of years ago, but I don't know. I just I have a dream of going back there and transferring to go to uh, UC San Diego. Oh, that would be cool. That's a good school. It's a good school. Are you in school right now? I am. I'm actually getting ready to uh, graduate DVC in Pleasant Hill. Oh, nice. I have my uh, associates in psychology. Cool. And hopefully going to have a certificate in marketing as well. Oh, marketing. Marketing's key in the I music know. industry. <laughs> and it's funny because um, I didn't even think about it, but there's a huge connection between um, having a psychology degree and marketing because like yeah. ads. Yeah, you have to know like kind of the way people's mind works and like you kind of have to know how to predict them and stuff. Yeah, it's super that they go hand in hand. Yeah, even like especially like social media marketing, which is what I want to specialize in. Yeah, I did social media marketing for a venue in San Francisco for a while and I I can do it it's not my favorite thing to do just because it's a it's a lot it is so much that goes into it and then you always have to just keep like keep like what's the word like I guess conforming to the trends yeah and like you have to just like keep up with it and it's it's a lot and that's like the like one thing about me is I do a lot of my own marketing as far as like my DJ mm-hmm. stuff goes. And I get a lot of compliments from promoters because it's not like 
a thing that they require when they book DJs is to promote the shows. Like they hope that you'll like mention it every now and then, but I'm very active because I'm very proud of the shows that I play at. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was a promoter. I used to throw shows like for a long time. Ooh, really? I, um, I still do like small shows in Oakland called jam, which stands for just another monthly. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but for a while I was doing shows at like DNA lounge and the Mm -hmm. Metro in Oakland. And, um, it's just like, I guess it's just kind of a part of me and I guess the promoters appreciate it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try to promote as much as I can. Um, sometimes I don't, sometimes I don't, if I like, I'm really bad at it. Sometimes I'll forget. Um, but I'm trying. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hard cause like, you know, you have life and it does, it takes time cause you have to sit there. Yeah. You have to think about what you're going to do how you're going to do it, and then times. Times are crucial. Like yeah. on Instagram, you can be more flexible, but on Facebook, you know, there's certain times you're like, okay, well, people are on their lunch break right now. People are, are getting home and they're having dinner and they're checking their phone. People are yeah. checking their phone right before they go to bed, but then you have this like dead hour. <laughs> yeah, time is key. So tell me about these uh, jam shows that you put on in Oakland. So um, it's a smaller show. It's 21 and up, which is kind of harder to sell for like hard dance. Mm-hmm. But I do it just because, um, A, uh, the venue I work with, um, they're called Lounge 3411. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love them. The owners are like family. Actually, the whole staff, they're really amazing. And it started because for a couple of years in a row, um, I would hit them up and ask to like host my birthday rave there like mm-hmm. yearly. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And then when they saw how successful they were, they're like, oh, can you do some more like events here? <laughs> and I thought about it because it's really hard, especially to do monthlies. Um, and I was just like, all right. And I, and I agreed to it. And I don't quite do monthlies. It's kind of like lately it's been like every two months just because I have to correspond with like my DJ schedule as well. Yeah. But they're very great and very um, open to like working with me. Mm-hmm. So a uh, shout out to... Adam and Stephanie, you guys are great. <laughs> and um, basically, we focus on hard dance. Mm-hmm. So that includes like hard style. You have like hardcore, happy hardcore. Um, we'll even do like side trance occasionally just because it kind of like fits as far as like the BPM range, yeah. drum and bass. And occasionally we'll do like other things too, like, um, like dubstep occasionally. Mm-hmm. But it's primarily hard dance based and it's very like it kind of has like those family kind of like feels to it. it's very like one-on-one you can go and everyone's super nice there we've never had an issue with like creeps or people like starting fights that's nice which can be like a problem when you go to bigger events yeah, it, it definitely is i've seen i'm i'm part of this group on facebook i don't know if you've heard of it the rave exchange oh yeah page. yeah yeah i'm on that and these girls i feel so bad like these girls talk about like just creeps touching them and mm-hmm. it's it, it's such a big problem in the rave community and it sucks. It sucks that it's a problem because you go to raves because it's like air quotes, like supposed to be a safe place. And mm-hmm. like, you know, we all get, we all go there to express ourselves and to let loose and have fun. And like, we're not expecting anything like that to really happen because it's not supposed to happen. But God, I hate that. And I think it, it doesn't even just like go with raves too. It's like a very big thing in the club scene as well. Yeah. Which it's just it's disgusting and men are pigs (laughs) (laughs) it's true i mean it's just like one of those things where i don't know it it just it can happen to anybody i've even had it happen to my guy friends really yeah and it's just like one of those things where people just come up and they make you feel uncomfortable but you know for the most part 
despite all that, like, I still think it's, like, great to, like, go to events just because yeah. it's, like, such a small percentage. Yeah. And it's, like, I've had it happen to me personally, like, a handful of times. I just kind of, like, let it roll off my back. Mm-hmm. But, like, with my events, like I said, they're very small. And, I mean, I'm talking, like, maybe at the most we'll have, like, 100 people at the bigger mm-hmm. shows. And it's a smaller venue, too. But the other thing that's great, too, that people like is, you know, it's only, like, depending on, like, what headliner I have, it's like a 5 mm-hmm. or $10 show, so very low okay. cost. And if you drink, the drinks are very reasonably priced, too. Nice. So I know sometimes the clubs out here, it's like $20 for a oh beer. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so expensive. <laughs> it, like, it makes it impossible to go out. Yeah. Like, I used to, I used to go to Temple a lot. Oh. And then I was dropping, like, hundreds of dollars at Temple, and I was just like, yeah, I probably shouldn't go out anymore. <laughs> yeah, it gets to be really hard. And plus, like... Also, if you drive, you have to pay for parking as well. Yeah. And there's, you know, it's great when you can find a venue that um, they're willing to work with you. They have street parking. Mm-hmm. It's like in a reason- reasonably safe area. I can't say completely safe because Oakland, San Francisco, it's always un- unpredictable. Yeah, even in like air quotes, like the safest places in the city, you still never know. Yeah, it's, it's- always dependent on the night, basically. Yeah. So but yeah. that's cool that you put on your own shows. So you put on your own shows and then you also d- do DJ at the shows. I um, occasionally I do. I like to switch it up, though. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, it's my show. I'm going to play every single time. <laughs> what I try to do is I try to book at least one person who's up and coming. Mm-hmm. I love booking people for their first show because it's mm-hmm. like I remember my first show. And um, it's just like that feeling of, oh, I can contribute and they'll never forget this. And then as far as, like, my headliners go, it's, like, up-and-coming people, kind of people that are, like, in the same zone where I am, where, you know, they're getting out and they're getting booked in other places, Mm -hmm. but they're not, like, you know, like, super, like, egotistical, like, they need thousands and thousands of dollars. It's, like, people that I feel like I want to help out and work with. So I had a guy um, named uh, Thomas Kelly. He's from Chicago, and... He said he's always wanted to play in San Francisco. And my roommate, um, who also DJs, his name's Eddie Moran, he um, referred me to Thomas. And Thomas was, like, so excited. I was like, I can't guarantee, like, how many people are going to come. Like, I can promote. But it always depends on what other shows are going on. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a holiday and whatever. He's like, I don't care. I just want to (laughs) play. Such a great attitude. Really sweet guy. And he said, even though there was only, like, I think, like, 50 or 75 people there, he's like, he was just so thankful he's like this is one of my favorite shows i've ever played at because he said the vibes were just so positive yeah and that's super important when it comes to like raves because you don't want to go to like a rave that everyone is just like trying to fight like that's yeah. so annoying and it's i love how he was just so excited to play in san francisco that's the attitude we need in this community exactly. <laughs> it shouldn't be about i mean obviously everyone wants money for it mm-hmm. like i know a lot of these big djs a lot like i've seen them progressively change throughout the years and they've become more egotistical and more like money hungry it's the fame getting to their head basically and then they totally forget about like why they started and like the music that they started with like their like first original songs were hella good and now their new ones are just so like radio station and the other thing too is like a lot of people that go into it they have the intention of you know doing it because they love the music and Mm -hmm. they love the scene But as they get into it more... They just lose themselves. They do, but it's also the thing of like, oh, they get kind of addicted and they want to do it as a career. And it's so hard to make it into the industry and have it as a career. And that's why they start pushing for more money because Mm -hmm. at a certain point, 
it gets hard to like balance out everything. Yeah. Yeah. So how is it being a female in the music industry? Um, it's rough. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's pretty sexist. Actually, it's very sexist in the scene. And it's like, it's kind of something that I refer back to like high school about like, you know, being clicky and everything. Mm -hmm. And there's just such a huge stereotype against females just saying, oh, they always do pre-recorded sets. They're always ghost produced. You know, everyone does everything for them. But what they don't realize is that females have to work so much harder because of those stereotypes. And it's like one of those things like, oh, you only got booked because you're pretty or, you know, because you're a girl. And it's like, well, yes, I am a girl, but I never want to get booked just because I'm a girl. Mm -hmm. And I actually, it's hard to talk about this stuff because when you're trying to be active on social media and you try not to like completely like talk about your opinions just because you're always like, oh, somebody's going to take it wrong. And what if it's that one person who might book you? Yeah. And one of my really close friends put it into a great perspective. He said, you know what? When you look at like, say like a big festival and you see mm-hmm. that there's only like maybe 10 to 13% of the lineup is females, mm-hmm. it's okay to get booked because you're a girl. Because if more girls get booked, it's going to be become less of the abnormal yeah. to become more normal and so we need to strive and push for more girls to get booked and it's yeah. okay if they're getting booked because they're females now but make sure you're still booking quality talent don't yeah. don't just like say oh okay they're a girl and just book them because of that mm-hmm. i mean we see like a lot of all male lineups yeah. and then when you see an all-female lineup it's like oh my gosh this is so cool it's the best thing ever and i think it's cool that it exists but at the same time it's like why is that so special It's a very, like, I have very mixed feelings about it. Yeah, I recently have been starting to see more females on lineups. And I think, I don't know, I don't remember what lineup it was that I saw, but it was just all guys, just all guys. And I was just like, you know, there's like females that can do this too. Yeah. And sometimes you'll see like the one token female. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All the, like in tiny writing all the way at the bottom of the yeah it's like oh see we're not sexist we have one female Uh, yeah it's just it is hard for females in the music industry and it it's just kind of sucks yeah i think it's gotten you know somewhat better like just like in the music industry in general Mm -hmm. but we still have a long ways to go as far as like you know trying to keep things even yeah i'm glad to start seeing like I'm, i'm glad i'm seeing more like female djs out there like like Alice in Wonderland, she like yeah. exploded, and like I feel like she really kind of broke the whatever that term is with like the music industry. Um, mm-hmm. Like I love seeing her on top, and like I know there was other female DJs too. Um, oh, what are those sisters? Nervo. They've, oh, they've yeah. been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, I did like a whole my last week's ep- show was all about female DJs um yeah it's really cool and it's like you said there are more females coming up like I went to EDC this year and that's a mm-hmm. good example like there were so many like females in the lineup like yeah. a lot of talent and it just made me like really happy to see that yeah and um I have like another good example of somebody who's like shooting up like pretty quickly like one of my friends she goes by mad girl and she does like um hard dance with a dubstep influence and 
it's kind of like similar like I do some dub style but she does more on the heavier side of like dubstep influence mm-hmm. and she used to go by um I believe it was DJ Iris and then she like switched over to Mad Girl to kind of like rebrand herself mm-hmm. and she's just been shooting up like really quickly like she's getting booked like all over the US she's played a lot of insomniac festivals oh really which like which ones um she played at EDC. Oh. And this is like her first year as Mad Girl. Wow. So just to see like how quickly she skyrocketed. And she's yeah. played a lot of bass con shows, which is um, Insomniac's brand of like the hard dance shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really cool to just see her like, you know, kind of skyrocketing up. Wow. That's great. I, like in a year. That's pretty. Yeah. That's, that's big. That's big. And she's a total sweetheart. She works really hard and she, she has like a lot of connections and she just works really hard at it, and she deserves everything she has. Is she Bay Area local, or is she down somewhere? No, she's in Los Angeles. Oh, nice, nice. So how long have you been DJing? Oh, man, I always have to think about that, because it just <laughs> goes so quickly. It's been, like, probably realistically five years, but maybe, like, borderline six years, because, you know, bedroom DJ for a while. Like, yeah. when I first um, decided to really get into it, getting past the whole, like, trying to do virtual DJ on my laptop, which was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I. that's how I first started. And I, I was just like, nope, can't do it. Yeah, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> and I have like a Mac and it's like trying to do it with like my little like touchpad, yeah. like mouse. I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm over this. Yeah. And then um, I came to a point where I had gotten a loan for a new car and I was selling my other car. And I was like, well, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna make my dreams come true and just start doing this. And so when I sold my second car, I got my my DJ set up. <laughs> and I did not touch them for five months because I was just like, so afraid of failure. And I had a bunch of friends that were DJs and I'm just like, well, I'm gonna look like an idiot in front of them. But everyone was so supportive. And I just had to remind myself, everyone started where I was, you should never yeah. be afraid of failure, you should just do it. It's like Shia yeah. LaBeouf just do it (laughs) just do it yeah I kind of had that feeling when I first got when I got my first mixer I was I would just stare at it and I'd like kind of play around with it a little bit and I'd be like oh okay I'm done I'm done for now yeah and then I'd be like a couple weeks and I'd be like okay let's try it again and I'll be like oh okay now I'm done yeah (laughs) yeah it's scary when you first start like doing something new but I mean, look at you now. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, I actually got pushed into my first booking, which um, kind of was a good thing. Like it pushed me to like work harder and actually just get over like my fear of failure even mm-hmm. more. Um, I played at a campout festival and basically I used to be a photographer and do videography as well. That's how mm-hmm. I started. And I carried the lucky brand name into that so Mm -hmm. I just kept like lucky rabbit but basically the guy hit me up and I was kind of like working with it and like kind of involved with the festival as well he's like oh yeah so I'm booking I'm like oh for for, for the for photography and he's like yeah but I also want you to uh play (laughs) I was like (laughs) plot twist (laughs) and I um came to a compromise and I said okay can I do it but can I do a back-to-back just to kind of have my hand held a little bit yeah and um I did a back-to-back with my best friend, Brandon. He goes by KG. He's also kind of getting up there in um, the hard style scene. Mm-hmm. And we planned a whole set. We had everything like planned out, like when we were going to transition. And we had all of our tracks played out. And the day of the festival, 
I couldn't even contact him because, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere. There was no reception. Yeah. I'm like thinking, okay, you know, he's not here. It's an hour before, you know, our time slot, 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. And it got closer and closer. And I felt like really sick. Mm-hmm. And um, I was getting really nervous. And my friend actually didn't show up on oh, time. Wow. He showed up like hours later. And um, one of my ex-boyfriends, who's also one of my best friends, stepped in. He's like, you know what? I'm going to show you that you can do it. And I'm going to be confident enough to do his half of the set. And then you can do your half. Wow. And I think it went pretty well, as well as it could be for how sick I was feeling, how nervous I was. And yeah. a bunch of people came up to me and they were saying, "That's your first set was so great. And I laughed because I messed up on a transition and they saw my friend fixing it. And they're like, oh, yeah, you were doing great. I only saw the one mess up that your friend did. And I was like, he was trying to fix my transition. <laughs> but I took it as a compliment because I guess I played it off really well. Yeah, that's awesome. So what uh, festival was it? Um, it was called Northcore. It was like a hard dance, like camp out. They did it. Like it technically started like Friday night and then like ended like a, I think it was Sunday night. Oh, nice. But uh, yeah, it was like a little camp out festival middle of nowhere is like I think like four hours north and yeah it was kind of cool it just uh it didn't last that long there were some issues with um how things were being run but Mm -hmm. when it was going it was a great festival and I had a lot of last night I had a lot of fun it was just one of those things where I will never forget because it was my first booking yeah (laughs) wow that's that's a crazy first story like, that's huge. Wow. I, I couldn't even imagine being in your shoes. But, I mean, you worked out, huh? It, it taught me how to improvise because <laughs> that's the yeah. one thing as a DJ. You can have, like, everything planned out. And then you have to, like, how to improvise because, you know, even if you have, like, USB, mm-hmm. they can error out. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the power will cut out or something will step on a cord. And yeah. I've had, like, so many, like – things happen when it's just like nothing even bothers me or faces me anymore so I'm just like when something stops I'm like I'm lucky rabbit I hope you're having fun tonight and then I'll like try to fix this stuff while I'm like talking so what's like the craziest like random thing that like happened like kind of going off of that like someone stepping on a cord like what was like the weirdest like random thing oh man well it it actually was something that I did by accident (laughs) um I was uh in uh, Texas playing at a show and I had just finished my set and my friend was actually playing after me Mm -hmm. and I was trying so hard to be conscious of like all the chords and everything it's also another reason why I try to um stay like sober for my booking so I like try to make sure that there's even less error like I might have a beer or two but I never try to get hammered or anything because I try to be professional plus when I get drunk I get a very short attention span yeah (laughs) but um I was like trying to move and everything and I got the mic and I introduced her and I guess like I stepped on one of the cords and it hurt her decks just like shut off for a second and I felt so bad but it was like so quick um other than that I think the other thing that's happened to me a few times um uh older DJs that like learn on vinyl they tend Mm -hmm. to use the crossfader to uh switch between channels Uh and you know I uh use the channel faders yeah and I've had it happen a couple of times, but one time in particular, I was at a booking in Los Angeles and the DJ before me had the crossfaders on 
and you know you have it on a and b and yeah. so if it's all the way to the left it's on a and if it's all the way to the right it's on b mm-hmm. and it was all the way to the left and when i was bringing up channel four there was no sound oh. and i could hear it when i was like cutting and trying to mix it i was like trying to figure out what was going on i saw that there was like signal and i just i ran out of time and it just like i was just like oh man and i was gonna press play and just go on the same deck and it just was there for five minutes and one of my friends bless his soul who's an mc came on stage on the mic and just said it was my birthday <laughs> so he's like <laughs> you know what, let's sing happy birthday to Chris. And he got everyone to sing happy birthday, which killed a lot of time. And even the sound guy couldn't figure out what was going on. And then all of a sudden, I figured out, I was like, oh my gosh, it was so embarrassing. And, but since that moment, when I've caught it in the future, like, Mm -hmm. it's been like super quick. Like, I just like switch. I'm like, okay, I've got this. (laughs) At least like, you know, now that that's like a thing. So you look, you know, to look out for it now. Yeah, it's like... I had that happen um, when I played in Chicago a couple weeks ago, and I caught it like within like one second. And mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend about. It. She's like, "I noticed it because I'm a DJ, but you were so quick that I'm 100% sure nobody else noticed it." <laughs> That's good. That's nice that you can like you know learn from your mistakes. That's the biggest thing. It's you know it's a life lesson in general. Like yeah. you can't like feel bad about the mistakes that happen unless you don't learn from them. Yeah. <laughs> True. So what's your background in music? Like, how how did you know you wanted to get into DJing? And like, what was like, your driving like passion and stuff for it? I think my driving passion was that I had no background in music. I grew up in a family that's very athletic. Mm -hmm. And I'm very creative. I was kind of the black sheep in the family. And um they kind of gave in a little bit when I was in fifth grade. They let me play the violin for a year. Ooh. And I absolutely loved it. It's my favorite instrument. And it, um, from what I can remember, but, you know, I was a child, so maybe I'm being biased in my <laughs> memories. But the teacher said that I picked up really quickly and I was a natural at it. The only thing I couldn't do was I couldn't read the notes. Mm. But when she wrote them out what they were, I picked up things so quickly. Mm. And I learned the strokes and... You know, with the violin especially, like, you can't go too hard and you can't go too soft. Yeah. Um, and maybe that was, like, the whole thing with my parents dealing with two months of screechy pushing it too hard. Yeah. <laughs> but after that, like, I picked it up. And because they were very much into sports and they weren't, like, they just thought it was going to be, like, a phase for me. Mm-hmm. They bought me a used violin from a rental store which unfortunately only lasted for that year. And then after that, they didn't want to invest back into another violin for me, despite mm-hmm. my teacher begging them. Um, but as I got older, I kind of dabbled in like drums for a little bit mm-hmm. and guitar, but I was so discouraged just because it kind of scarred me a little bit and it really hurt. Like even to this day, like I still really wish I can go back time and just like say, this is gonna be good for the rest of my life. Just let me do this thing. Yeah. But again, when I had the opportunity to get my DJ gear, I just, I went for it because it just meant so much to me and I love music and I was always listening and I was always like tapping to like the VPM mm-hmm. and it was just something I always wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I was also thinking it was a good opportunity for me to dabble into music production as well mm-hmm. because 
realistically, you don't have to have physical instruments to do it. You can do everything like in the programs. Yeah. But it does help like having like an actual physical like piano keyboard. Mm-hmm. So and it's kind of more fun. Like you could do it like on the screen, but it's more fun to actually like physically do it and see yeah, the music notes appear. Play, yeah. So, yeah. That's interesting. It, I, I love the story about how you started playing the violin because that's that's weird because that's how I kind of started getting into oh. music. So when you said that, I was like, whoa, are we the same? <laughs> wow, that's crazy. What a coincidence. Yeah, I started I started when I was like, I don't, I, I don't play it anymore. Yeah. I didn't get very far. <laughs> but yeah, I started playing it when I was like, I don't know, first grade-ish. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, my parents were like, oh, you know, they didn't want to. It was probably the same thing, like the screechy. Yeah, it was loud and like they just didn't want to really deal with it it anymore and i also started to get busy with like school and like high school and yeah that took up like my entire life because high school was hard oh yeah (laughs) it's not the best four years of your life no it's not oh gosh my dad was actually um i had talked to him about it and he did tell me that he did have some regret because he knows how much it meant to me Mm -hmm. and um i also like i draw and i paint and when i got into high school he really started being like super supportive. He actually wanted to push for me to go work for Pixar and like go to school really? and do that. But I'm a typical artist. I hate being told what to draw and yeah. how to draw it. I was like, the only way I could do it is if I did the storyboard art and that's it. Because <laughs> yeah. that art is really dope. Yeah, you like having creative control over it. That's also why I don't like, I mean, yeah, I do primarily hard style, but I do like, you know, some dubstep in there. I, um, do a little bit more like of a like really heavy for the floor like really something you could even like listen to like in a club i've had like a little Mm -hmm. bit of like trap influence and i am so picky on my trap it's like very tastefully put in there (laughs) so i actually want to play one of your songs all right Um, so i'm gonna do that now
again. My home is in the cosmos amongst my stars. Stars are not born, they are made by me. Insufferable byproduct of dim stars. Sometimes, only when darkness overwhelms the heavens, the stars gaze back. guys enjoyed that that was called amongst the stars by dj lucky rabbit amongst my stars amongst my stars it's okay (laughs) i am the worst sorry (laughs) um okay let me just get back to my questions that i have here so how did you come up with dj lucky rabbit well um that's a fun story it has to do with the it was my rave name and i kind of turned into my photography and then my a DJ name. Mm-hmm. So um, I like to say the short version to uh, kind of do like a little grabber for people and then I do the longer story. Short version, I made cigarettes fall from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> the longer version, um, <clears throat> I was at my first rave in San Francisco at Cali's Mission Rock mm-hmm. years and years, 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But um I was there with um, this guy that I was dating and then one of our friends, and I was the DD, Mm because I was like, you know, it's my first rave. Like, I really want to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, my friends, you know, they drank and whatever. My boyfriend got really drunk, and it's one of those things where if you're a smoker, you crave cigarettes even more, like, when you're drunk. (laughs) And he was one of those nice guys. Like, everyone was asking for a cigarette. He kept handing them out, and Mm -hmm. so he was out. And he kept asking people, and everyone else seemed to have been out. And I was joking. I was like, I was born in Year of the Rabbit. It's the luckiest Chinese zodiac sign. Rub my foot for good luck, and it'll just appear. <laughs> and so Kelly's Mission Rock was um, two levels, mm-hmm. and it was like a big venue. Like they would fit like six or seven stages in it, like wow. some outside, some inside. 
Um, not necessarily a good idea because all the sound clashing when you got to certain points. Yeah. But really fun venue, and I actually really miss it. But we were on the bottom floor outside on the deck, mm-hmm. and as soon as he rubbed my foot, two unused cigarettes fall from the deck above and landed on the railing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he was like, that's so cool. And he's like, well, I wonder why... Um, you know, out of all things, I got two cigarettes. And right after that, our other friend asked him if he had a cigarette. (laughs) And my original rave name was Gur, like from Invader Zim, Mm -hmm. because I was all decked out in Gur stuff. And my boyfriend was so against me having that name because it was too common of a name. Mm -hmm. And he said he was gonna give me a new name, it would just happen. So after that, he's like, I'm gonna call you Lucky Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's such a cute story. And that's so like, that's crazy that it just like, they just fell. Yeah. It, wow. I mean, obviously somebody from like the deck above like dropped them. But yeah. the fact they didn't land in the water and they didn't land on the gross floor was yeah. just like could have landed anywhere else, but it landed right where you can get them and they were fine. And I've had like so many crazy stories and people don't believe like the luck that I actually have. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly I bring other people good luck. Oh, that's but, nice. I need some of that. <laughs> I'll have to have you rub my foot later. Yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> but like even um, occasionally like I'll make candy, mm-hmm. not as much as I used to, but I always tell people it's like good luck. And I had a friend um, that I gave a bracelet to and mm-hmm. she was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Even after telling her a couple stories. And so she wore it for the first time. Mm-hmm. She went out. She went to Disneyland. She front, She found front row parking. Oh, she wow. found... I think like a $20 bill on the ground. Dang. She found a really rare pin that she was looking for. Mm -hmm. And then on the way home, she decided to stop at the liquor store and she was getting ready to buy her um, bottle. And the guy's like, oh, uh, the guy in front of you paid for your handle. Wow. (laughs) And she's like, Chris, I will never doubt you again. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What a lucky streak she had there. Yeah. All in one day. Wow. So I was just like, it happens. I bring myself good luck occasionally too, but I love bringing it to other people. That's nice. I, I definitely need some of that and I'll, I will rub your foot later for it. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so your first music festival, was that where, what was your first music festival? Uh, DJing or just like attending? Mm, both. Okay. I want to say the first music festival I ever went to was Beyond Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like before I even started DJing. It was still when I was a photographer and everything. And I just went just to attend. Mm-hmm. Was and it the SoCal one or the SoCal? It was before it, before it was even in the Bay Area. Um, and it was just amazing. Like, it's funny because every time you go somewhere, the vibes are always different and the mm-hmm. scene's always different. Even though it's all the rave scene, it's just kind of like, you know, going from city to city. Yeah, different cities are different. I experienced that when I went to Ultra in Miami. Mm. It was so, like, East Coast versus West Coast was so different. Yeah, it's crazy how that happens. And I've been to festivals overseas, too, and that's even more different. Really? Like, oh, my God. Okay, we have to talk about that next. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Beyond Wonderland was, like, a lot of fun. Um hard style still wasn't like that big and Mm -hmm. so like i did see like a lot of like dubstep acts and like electro acts and um i of course i saw like the few like hard dance acts that they did have Mm -hmm. and yeah it was just like a lot of fun i had a mix of like i met a lot of nice people i also met a lot of like jerks so it was like kind of mixed feelings but i went with a group of people and for the most part i had a great time Mm -hmm. the first festival i ever played at um 
I mean, I guess technically that camp out was kind of a festival, yeah. but like a bigger festival. Uh, I want to say it's two years ago. I played at Electric Fairy Tale in Fresno, mm-hmm. and I had heard about it. And they actually had a DJ contest going on, mm-hmm. and I entered it. And the promoter uh, messaged me about a week into the contest. He's like, oh, actually, I've heard of you. And we actually, I talked with everyone. We decided, screw the contest. We just want to book you. Wow. So they kept the contest going. But I was like, Uh I actually had a solid booking, which was really cool. And that felt really good. Like, oh, you've heard of me. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was, um, so they, what they do there for um, Electric Fairy Tale, they run out the baseball field there. Mm -hmm. And so where all the concessions and everything are, they have the stages kind of spread out through there. Mm -hmm. And in the parking lot, they have like a couple like a, like they have a merry-go-round. They have like a really um, short, like a Ferris wheel and some other like little rides. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. Like I just, when you play like any show, but especially like when you feel like it's like, a step up in your career. You just mm-hmm. like have this like high in life for a while where you just like feel really good. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, this is like, I want to keep going and I want to keep doing this. And it just, it felt so good. And I don't know. It was just incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's, it was down in Fresno. Yeah. Wow. Which That's I know seems cool. like middle of nowhere, but there's nothing else to do there. So, <laughs> so everyone goes to the rave. Why not rave? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some of the international festivals. So um, if anybody's, you know, into hardstyle, they know about DEFCON 1. That's like the biggest one. Huge. And it's like almost the same size as EDC, like crowd-wise, but bigger because the fairgrounds out there are just like, they're huge. Yeah. And the one thing I like to kind of like give people like an idea of how big it is, they rent Europe's biggest tent to like have like their, one of their big like indoor stages at. And it's huge. It's like... I want to say probably two or three football fields, like long and then like at least two wide. It's huge. And that's their blue stage. And then the red stage is their main, main stage. And it's outside and it's absolutely huge. I was watching the stream this year and it made me miss it because I went two years in a row. But Mm -hmm. it was just like completely different because out here you see like the candy kids Mm -hmm. you see like girls basically wearing like pasties and underwear and out there (laughs) people wear normal clothes yeah um but it just it was like a completely different vibe and when I was out there for the first time I went which was three years ago um there were still very few Americans that were going out there. Now there's mm-hmm. a lot more Americans going, but everyone's like, wow, you came all the way from America. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. And it was funny because there was a lot of people from Mexico there, but when they're like, you're from the United States, they thought it was a bigger deal. I'm like, dude, they're right under us. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just as big of a deal for them. <laughs> but uh, that was crazy. And then another festival that I really enjoyed, I did um, Hard Island, which is in Croatia. Mm-hmm. And they've only been doing that festival for a couple of years, but it's definitely unlike any other festival I've been to. Mm-hmm. It's a, the DJs like come down, they party in the crowd. They're very <laughs> like open. They have like, um, the clubs are outdoors and they have mm-hmm. like saltwater, like pools that you can kind mm-hmm. of stand in that are like knee height mm-hmm. and don't get that in your eye, by the way, cause it burns yeah. <laughs> salt water in your eye is not a good thing, but, um, it's really cool because, you have that it's like an indoor outdoor thing like it feels like it's on the beach without actually being on the beach Mm -hmm. and then they also have 
options to upgrade to be on their party yachts. And I had to play babysitter with my friends I love dearly because they did 20 US dollars for unlimited alcohol. Oh boy. I told my friends next time I'm bringing leashes. Yeah. (laughs) But just like walking around and like everything on the um, in the area was like so cheap because it's basically like a touristy spot mm-hmm. and it was just like a lot of fun. And this year in August, for the first time, I'm going to Decibel, which is DEF CON 1's like biggest competitor. Oh, so it's by um, so Q Dance does DEF CON 1, mm-hmm. B2S does Decibel. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to experience like another festival that wasn't by Q Dance. And yeah. so it'll be kind of interesting to see like how it compares, but I'm really excited. So, where's that one at? It's also in the Netherlands. Oh, nice. So. Man, it seems like the Netherlands is like the place to go for raves. It's a uh, that's where Hartzell was pretty much born. Born, yeah. So it's really big there, and I have a feeling um, the festivals are just going to get bigger because DefCon One in Australia was canceled because they said that they had too many deaths from like overdosing. Oh, and I think part of the problem with that is like the idea of uh, like being against the idea of like safe testing and making sure things are safe as safe as it can be yeah but um i guess just like um the leader over there is just like completely against the idea of raves and the problem when you create a taboo is people start doing more underground stuff and it's more illegal and it becomes unsafer worse yeah the reason why they have things run so smoothly in the netherlands is because um they just they handle everything like so much better mm-hmm. and they try to make it a safe thing like they have a lot of medical tents so if you get too drunk or whatever yeah. they have the help there and they don't pretend that that stuff doesn't exist and they just mm-hmm. work with it which is really nice that's nice yeah there was um i used to go to hard summer before mm. insomniac bought it and oh, i forgot wait i think it was the last year i went there was like three people that died yeah. And it was because, like, like the people that originally st- – because it was, like, Destructo's festival that mm. he was putting on. Like, he was, like, the head guy. Um, so it wasn't Insomniac-related at all. And it was, like, a separate thing. And they just, like, didn't know how to, like – they just didn't know how to plan a festival and, like, have resources. Yeah. So that doesn't happen to people. Like, with medical tents, like, they had, like, one, I think. And that's the thing. It also makes me like thankful when you have like agencies like the Plurangels that exist. Oh, love them. Because um, it's just like one of those things where, you know, they help bring water. They have mm-hmm. earplugs. They have, you know, feminine products in case you need that stuff. And they're yeah. there just kind of like help take you mm-hmm. to the medical tent if you need the help. And yeah. it's important to have those agencies because it makes it a safer environment. Mm-hmm. Like even a couple of years ago at EDC, I think it was three years ago. That one um, guy from the Bay Area died, and it was due to dehydration. Mm-hmm. They didn't have enough water stations. Yeah. And when I went to EDC for the first time two years ago, that was the first year that they, they had no deaths. And they had a lot of water stations. At certain points, they, they were giving out free water. Mm-hmm. And they pushed it a month back, so it was a lot cooler as well. Yeah. It was completely reasonable weather it was great like even at night it was like t-shirt weather because now it's in may mm-hmm. yeah. it used to be in june which is like like peak heat in yeah. las vegas like it would hit like 120 sometimes yeah one of the reasons i never went yeah well <laughs> it's, it's just too hot it's a better time now when it's in may <laughs> yeah maybe i'll go this coming year i have yet to go to edc i've been to i went to ultra recently um 
went to beyond wonderland like that one time it was up here in the bay area back in like 2015 yeah. <laughs> um what other festivals i've gone to a bunch of like random like small ones here mm-hmm. and there like i'm going to like audiotistic this weekend oh okay that should be fun are you going no i'm not i am doing a lot of work before my festival <laughs> oh boy <laughs> well at least you got to get that done yeah um i don't even remember what, what other festivals i've been to. i went to hard summer twice before insomniac bought it i haven't been since insomniac bought it so i'm curious to see how different it is I'm it sure, probably runs a lot smoother i'm sure it's so much better because the two years i went it was just it was a shit show yeah i bet it was just crazy um so i think i want to play another one of your songs go for it Alrighty. the next one is spirit gun all right let's do it Thank you. 
Alrighty, we are back. So while that song was playing, DJ Lucky Rabbit just mentioned she has an EP coming. Yeah, um, we'll have you play the song a little bit later. So one of my uh, more memorable tracks that everyone knows is my Who I Am track, where it basically says, I'm Lucky Rabbit, over and over again in it. Um, and I have a lot of friends that really enjoy that, uh, track. And of course, like half my friends are producers and mm-hmm. DJs. And one of my friends, um, Ryan, he goes by uh, greater than, and he's musically, he's doing really well. He's had like big artists like anger fists and other people like playing his tracks, like all over the world. Wow, and yeah. he is pretty badass. <laughs> But um, Ryan asked to do a remix of it. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. And that's actually going to be releasing tomorrow. <gasps> oh, my so, gosh. Perfect timing. Yeah. it's um, He is doing a, uh, a hardcore version. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original is 155. And he's going to – I don't remember it's 170 or 175. But it's a faster tempo. Mm-hmm. And it's, he's got a little bit of his flair. And I did some custom vocals for it. So it mm-hmm. says – it's greater than, and then it goes into other things, and you actually get to hear um, my little nerdy uh, anime giggle in it. <laughs> it's just like I was just sampling like random things because I do vocal stuff on the side too uh-huh. for tracks. And um, in my Lucky Rabbit track, I did my own vocals, but uh, I did custom vocals, and I was just doing random things that he asked me to, plus throwing in random sounds, and mm-hmm. he loved it, so he put that in there. And um, Another friend of mine who does French core, which is 200 BPM mm-hmm. and kind of like a little bit different, but still hard dance, also asked to do a remix. And after that, I was like, you know what? Two people have already asked to do a remix. I'm going to do a remix as EP. Ooh. And this is actually going to be a pretty big project for me because um, I have two other friends that I um, hit up after that. One of them goes by Vega. He's in Fresno and... He's going to either be doing a happy hardcore remix or a freestyle uh, remix, which is just kind of like a, it's hard style, but it's like very, uh, it kind of goes in between genres a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another friend of mine who's from San Jose goes by The Buckness is probably one of the most underrated producers, very gifted. And um, I I was just like really happy he said he would do it. And he's doing a remix as well. Mm-hmm. And he already sent me, he was so excited. He did a lot in a week and it sounds amazing so far. But in September, I'm going to be releasing a physical copy and it's going to be professionally printed on the Mm -hmm. CD, a professional like little like um, book CD holder, um, all original artwork by my friend Cole, who does all my little anime style artwork. And it's going to be free you just have to pay for shipping and handling so it's completely for the fans yeah and it's i'm only ordering 200 i will have an area for donations and depending on how many donations are given i might order more but Mm -hmm. it's a really good showcase because everyone who's on the album that's doing the remixes they're all american artists Mm -hmm. which is really cool all different styles they're all putting their different flares into it um, the guy doing the French core remix, his name's Kozlov. He's from San Diego. Um, and I'll be releasing that one probably at the end of the month. But we're releasing them online like every few weeks. 
but then we're gonna have the actual printed cd in september nice so it's just like a really cool project and it's like yeah you know it's like my song originally but it's a good showcase to just see like the different styles and to compare and it's gonna be really fun like i think it'll be really good for all of us that's really exciting that's that's awesome that's such a big step in your career too yeah not many people do printed cds like Mm -mm. i've seen people do it for like mixes and stuff like that but but it's kind of a dying art (laughs) yeah it's it's not super common so it's it's nice seeing that because i personally like having physical copy especially since like you know itunes is like not gonna be a thing anymore so you can't really like buy music yeah everyone's doing the streaming thing so it's it's definitely like very interesting to see like how we've gone from like vinyl to cassettes to CDs yeah. and then very quickly to just straight up digital almost. Yeah. I uh, every now and then when I go to festivals, like when I did for Project Z, I um, kind of did my own like I did I did a new mix mm-hmm. and I'll be releasing that probably next week. But I got like the little like stickers that you could print out and then you stick them on the CD. So mm-hmm. it's like kind of a printed CD, but like, you know, at home mm-hmm. and I handed them out and and people actually messaging me on Instagram saying they were very glad they got one of the 50 CDs. So. Wow, that's awesome. I like being very personable with people. Yeah, and it, it makes a difference. It makes people like actually like remember you and like it makes people actually like want to like be involved in like what you're doing. It it's, just makes a big difference. And it probably brings some luck too. Yeah, <laughs> yep. everyone <laughs> rub her foot. <laughs> Uh, so talking about like some of your friends that you that are working on like remixes. So what are who are some of your favorite artists that you've like worked with? Oh man, um, I think one person in particular who's been very supportive of me. It's one of my best friends. His name is Aaron. He goes by Hard Phonics. He's also been in a duo called Imperium. He used to run um, Denver Hard Dance, mm-hmm. and um, he. One of my favorite vocal tracks I ever did for him was called Resurrection. And it's just one of those things where whether you're mixing or like uh, doing a song with somebody, it's always, it always helps if you have like some kind of like chemistry, even just as friends. Mm -hmm. And he sent me some chords and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Halloween. Like I want to make it kind of like witchy sounding. Uh Uh-huh. And basically, um, it sounds like a spell, but it also kind of tells like a hidden story hmm. uh, because he was going through a divorce at the time. Mm. And it says like, like it talks about like resurrection, like from ashes, which is like a phoenix. You know, that's how they kind of are reborn, yeah. basically. So it's got I love things that have like multiple like hidden meanings in it. And I wrote those lyrics in like 15 minutes. Wow. And, you know, sometimes it comes to you quickly and sometimes it takes some time, but it just it's one of those things where i work really well with him and he's such a great guy he works so hard um his uh girlfriend um named christine she goes by carissa and she's doing really well too and she's had a lot of her tracks played all over the place but it's just so cool just to see my friends like where they started and like watching them like skyrocket Mm -hmm. and it's just a great feeling and Another person that's like that is my boyfriend. He goes by Talon. He he's kind of like the opposite of me. Like I started DJing first and he started producing first. He's been mm-hmm. producing for 11 years. Wow. And he is like so amazingly gifted. It kind of I'm a little envious because I feel like it comes naturally to him, but he's just like, no, I had to work hard and everything like 
I can do now is because of like what I've been putting into it, which mm-hmm. I know, but I didn't know him at that time. So I'm just like, I'm just gonna pretend you're just naturally gifted. <laughs> but just seeing like, you know, his first booking was when I brought him on stage with me for a back to back at So Stoked at DNA Lounge, mm-hmm. just kind of spur of the moment. He wasn't announced, just like a special guest. And then after that, I booked him at one of my smaller shows, Jam. Mm-hmm. And for his third booking, he played at Project C. Wow. Like a festival by Insomniac. Yeah, that's and just, massive. He works so hard with his music. And like he's almost always on the computer. Like mm-hmm. I I will say like he probably has a little bit more dedication to me as far as like the production thing goes. Because like, you know, when I get home and I... I work like longer hours and everything. I just want to go home and just like chill with my cats. But yeah. he always pushes past like being tired and like any kind of physical pain he has and just keeps working. And I wish that like I could just like muster the strength to do that. And it's like kind of pushing me to work harder and harder just seeing him mm-hmm. like doing that physically in front of me because he could push out a track in like a couple weeks and wow. it takes like months for me. Wow. That's nice that you have like a, a really good like support system and like people that you can like look up to yeah. when it comes to like making music and stuff. Like I know for me trying to like per, like pursue radio, it was kind of hard for me because I didn't really have a lot of people to like look up to. But now that I'm like at BFF, mm-hmm. it's, it's nice because then I'm like, wow, like I'm actually doing this. <laughs> and it's like you can have like the support and everything, but in the end it always comes down to you doing it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just feels so good when you like see yourself like pushing yourself and like getting on with that. And mm-hmm. I have like another friend in Texas that goes by Rise, and he's like doing his own thing, and he's a very personal person too, and he like networks really well. And then I have another friend named Jisoo, and her DJ name's Hypnotic. She has an incredible story. She's originally from South Korea. Oh wow! And she was in the Netherlands for a little while and she actually played at DEF CON one year, which is wow. amazing. Also female DJ, bam. Ayo. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then she, I believe after that she moved to New York cause she's been like in school and everything. And then she migrated eventually to uh, Los Angeles and that's where she's been for, it's either like a year and a half or two years. And she's been playing a lot of the big like base con shows and everything. And, I'm really proud of her, too, because she's another, like, really hard worker. Nice. More female DJs to add to my list. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have, like, a pre-show ritual? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to get very personable here. It's, like, <laughs> a majority of my friends are guys, so I always get, like, the stereotypical, like, gross things that guys say, but... Um, having Starbucks to cleanse my system before a show because there's nothing worse than having to go to the bathroom when you're in the middle of a bookie. (laughs) But um, I am a basic white girl and I love my Starbucks tea, mostly the chai lattes, mm -hmm. (laughs) but not the pumpkin spice. That stuff is gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a little too spicy. And then other than that, um, I, my unintentional rituals are being calm until about 15 minutes before the show or before I play and then looking at my watch every 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, to this day, I still get nervous until usually at least the second or third track. The only time that I broke that and I wasn't nervous and I don't even know like what did it, but, um, when I played in Minnesota from the moment I press play with my first track, mm-hmm. 
I was just completely fine. And wow. I don't know if it's just like the point now where I feel like I'm starting to get over that. But otherwise, I'm like, I'm shaking. Like, I look, I'm having a seizure. And like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm pressing play. I might have like pressed the Q button instead. <laughs> but it's uh, it's just nice to like see the progress because I have a lot of anxiety. And it's like really hard to cope with that as a DJ. Especially, mm-hmm. again, being a female and having like everyone's eyes on you. Like watching and waiting for yeah. your slip ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine like the feeling of that, of like playing in front of a bunch of people and you've played in front of a lot of people. (laughs) If I had pre-recorded sets, I wouldn't be worried, but I like to play live. (laughs) She's a female and she plays live people. You hear that? Yeah. (laughs) Even like my mixes, like, you know, there's like, I might do some edits if I put like vocals in there or something, but that's all like, like okay not hundreds but like it's a lot of takes to get those mixes going and even then Mm -hmm. if i have a mistake i'm like whatever i'll leave it i'm human i make mistakes yeah yeah it happens i'm 100 percent real and i'm a female (laughs) um so finishing up here so tell us a fun random fact about yourself oh man (sighs) i have to talk about my cat because he's my mascot (laughs) so Love of my life, which kind of is sad because I have two cats, but you're allowed to have a favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Prince Charming is a fat gray cat. Don't know why he's fat. He doesn't get a lot of food. Even my vet's like, don't feed him less. But he is the most lovable cat, and he is part of the inspiration why I decided to go into psychology because mm-hmm. I want to do animals as a therapy with children that have PTSD. Oh, wow. And... Just seeing him just uh, kind of interacting with people. He's just like naturally a good therapy cat. Mm-hmm. I was a dog trainer for five years and I did do some training with him, but a mm-hmm. lot of it's just his personality. So just my cat kind of influenced my career choice and also my great psychology teacher, um, Felicia Perez at DVC as well. But the combination just, it's amazing. Like, where your life takes you and like what makes those decisions basically yeah oh your cat i need to see a picture of your cat i will show you pictures <laughs> and then so you do have some upcoming gigs don't you you have a show at dna lounge coming yes up. um i it was funny because they hit me up at project z and i was next to my booking manager and he's like oh yeah like have him talk to me and this and that but what happens at a lot of festivals the reception's terrible yeah <laughs> or your phone dies yeah but we were able to secure it, and um, it's called Hardcore in the Bay, and it's at DNA Lounge, and I am really excited. Actually, the Buckness, who's doing one of my remixes, is also going to be playing, Ooh. so that's cool. And um, I have another pretty big booking that's going to be coming up in November that I can't talk about yet, but it is in another state that I have not played in yet, so I'm really Ooh. excited. And then I potentially have um, an L.A. booking in December. Okay. So a couple things coming up for me. Yeah, nice. Busy girl. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. I love seeing all the progress you've been making. And, like, I love your Instagram feed. All, I love your music, obviously, <laughs> too. Like, I think you're really talented. And I'm so glad that you were able to come out here and talk to me today. I really appreciate it. And it just, like... Everyone gives me like a lot of like crap, like Lucky Rabbit's not a hard style name. I'm like, I'm sorry, there's no Z in it or it doesn't say miss something, but it's my personality. Like I'm bubbly and yeah. everything. And 
like I'm a hundred percent a nerd. Like almost every track has like anime or video game references. The first track you played, it's from League of Legends. It's from a space oh. dragon. I've never played the game, but I I was listening to like quotes from the game. I was like, the space dragon has a great voice. <laughs> so that's why I use that. Dude, that's awesome how you pull inspiration from that stuff. Yeah. That's it's cool. part of who I am. Yeah. I'm lucky rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually going to play that one next. Awesome. But thank you so much for coming out. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. I I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me out. I had a great time. And you guys can't see it, but her office is amazing. (laughs) Like I'm like in Detective Pikachu right now. Yeah, the studio is very vintage looking. (laughs) Um, So I will link all of her stuff Probably I don't know where I'll where I'll link it, but follow her at DJ Lucky Rabbit. Um, she has SoundCloud. What's your SoundCloud? Everything's the same: SoundCloud, Instagram, MixCloud, Facebook. It's all slash um, DJ Lucky Rabbit. I keep it consistent. <laughs> so go follow her. You will not be disappointed. Ready, hit by the pace, pace, hit by the pace, pace, hit by the pace, pace, hit by the pace. Get ready for I'm lucky rabbit. Lucky Rabbit. Arises, drawn in by the melody, hit by the bass. A vision in mind, a dream to embrace. The sound and the stage is her natural habit. Get ready for lucky rabbit. I'm lucky rabbit. Oh, <laughs> 
lucky rabbits.
So much hate, it made me nauseous. Worked in silence, made me cautious. I exerted every option. Count me out, must think I lost it. Losing sleep, somehow I fought it. I heard life was a box of chocolates. Ain't shit sweet, run hairs toxic. Made the most of what we got. We go hard and do a lot. So we party till we drop. Tell the neighbors it won't stop. Watch your shorty hit me up on days I need to pick me up. I just wanna live it up. Can somebody lift me up? <laughs> Hello, everyone. You have been listening to What's Soup with DJ Soups. Um, 
this second portion of my show will just be you know the like regular music stuff um hope you guys enjoyed the interview i loved talking to dj lucky rabbit she's amazing please go follow her go support her she deserves it she's worked really hard to get to where she is right now and if you guys are listening like and you know how it is in the industry like help a girl out (laughs)
to the basics. Let's get back, let's get back, let's get back, let's get back, let's get, 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 let's get
Let's get back to the basics. Let's get back. Let's get back. Let's get back to the basics. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Get the backhand. Get a backhand. Yep. 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 Yep.
me now, get the backhand. Thank <laughs> you. 
You are listening to What's the Soup with DJ Soups on BFF.fm. I'm happy you guys tuned in this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. I hope you guys are enjoying the music. Tweet at me at DJ Soups. Let me know what you think. Also, follow my Spotify playlist. Um, yeah. What, search What's the Soup with DJ... Or it's just What's the Soup on Spotify. Um, yeah. This is how we roll, man. Some bumper, 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 some bumper
said I'm acting, I'm acting. Hey, the way you thump on the bumper, yo. It be not something, no, no. Yeah, the way you pump like a trumpet, pump like a What's the point? Jamba Joe's. 
different color chains. Think my jewelry really selling fruits. And they joking, man. No, they crackers some, with you. Some, 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 Shit way too formal, y'all know Skate C dash, most of these girls ain't got a clue. All of these hoes I made off records I produce. I might take all my exes and put them all in a group. Hit my essays, I need the booch. About to turn this function in the final room. Told her I been, you coming too. In the 305, bitches treat me like I'm Uncle Lou. Have to slot the top off, it's just a roof. She said, where we going? Just a ghost who put this shit together. I'm the guys heard the Kazo version of this song it's actually really good he has it on his soundcloud so i definitely recommend listening to Kazo's remix of sicko mode it freaking slaps um so thank you so much for listening to this week's episode i really appreciate it tweet at me at dj soups follow me on instagram at dj underscore soups follow my spotify playlist what's the soup and let me know what you guys think Um, And you can listen to this week's playlist all the way up until next week because I did it early. And I also didn't get to play all the songs on my show this week. Um, But still, it's a full playlist, full playlist of 30 songs. Go check it out. Uh, I'm going to Audiotistic this coming weekend, and I'm so pumped. If you're there, let's meet up. Yeah, so that's all I had for you this week. And I can't wait for next week. See you guys later. What's the soup with DJ Soups?